there was a, a young lady, beautiful young lady, had a great picture of herself, and she gave it to her boyfriend. And she was so excited to give it to him, and she wrote something on the back to talk about just how, how great she was, and uh, you're the love of my life, and there'll never be another you, and we're going to be together forever. And she signed it, Love Always. And then she put a P.S. If we ever break up, I want this picture back. So, love always evidently is a relative term for some people, but not for God, and not for God's people. But here's what Paul has to say to the Corinthian church that struggled with this thing called love, and to be honest, sometimes you and I struggle with it, because some people are hard to love. And so, he's trying to help us with this. Love always makes a way. Here's what 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says. It or love always protects, always in all things, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love always makes a way. That's what love does. That's what love looks like. That's how people know they're loved. Not by what you say. I talk's cheap. It's by what you do. It's how you do. It's an action. It's not just simply a, an emotion or a warm, fuzzy feeling. It doesn't even have to require, require that uh, you know the person very well. It's just the fact that there's love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And this is what love looks like. The first thing I want you to get is this. Love will find a way to protect someone's life, character, a relationship, and purpose, even at great cost. Love really finds out how to protect people. Sometimes to protect their life. Sometimes to protect their character from uh, unkind remarks or untrue statements. Sometimes it protects a relationship. Maybe it's the marriage or the relationship within family. And always protects the purpose which God's created us. And sometimes it costs us more than we ever imagined. I'm going to tell you another story, Luke 15, verse 20. It's the story of the prodigal son. Jesus told it to communicate God's love for us always. And he talks about the fact that the father had two sons, and, and uh, one of them went to the father one day and said, Look, I want my inheritance now, which was totally disrespectful and uncommon. Usually the father would die and his inheritance would be split. Well, the son says... I don't want to wait for you to die. If you give me my inheritance now, I'm out of here, and you won't ever see me again because I'm gone. I want to enjoy life now, you know, live today because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, eat, drink, and be merry, so I'm out of here. And don't you know that hurt the dad's heart? Don't you know that, that really hurt his spirit for his son to think so little of him, to be so disrespectful and so rebellious? But the father gave him the inheritance. And he takes off, goes to far away country, and he lives up, man, he lives it up. He has a good time. He spends all his money. He wastes all his money. He comes, he's finally broke. And the party was over. And he's now eating in the pig pen with what the pigs are eating. And that's kind of a strange place for a Jew to be. But he said, that's what had, had survived. And finally, the Bible says he came to his senses. Jesus tells the story. He came to his senses. And he said, in my father's place, the servants eat better than this, and I'm going to go to my father and say, I've sinned against you. I'm so sorry. 
make me a servant. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. And he gets up, he comes, and here's what it says. He got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, that's a very important phrase. You know how you can know who someone is a long way off? You're looking for them. If you're a long way off, I'm not looking for you. I, ain't, I don't see you. But if I'm looking for you, I can see you in the distance. I know who you are. The father was looking for the son. He was looking for him to come home. Father Solomon was filled with compassion for him. Wow. Compassion. Your son has just taken your inheritance. He's told you he really don't care about you. Never going to see you again. You're basically dead to him. And the father says, I have compassion for you. There's an important reason for that. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now he sees him a long way off. And he sees him coming. He says, I got to get to him. Why the urgency? Because in culture of that day, if, some, if a child was disrespectful, this is going to make you glad you don't live in the Old Testament days. If a person, if a child was disrespectful, they could be stoned to death. If you didn't obey your parents, rebel against your parents, they just stone you. Not the parents, the people around your parents. Man, they say, we ain't going to put up with that. They, they would stone you. Uh, it's a good thing that don't happen today. <laughs> well, I'll be in trouble. But here's the thing. He knew as he got closer to the house, some people knew who he was and knew what he had done. And it would not be uncommon for someone to pick up a rock and throw it at him. Or even his own servants to pick up rocks and throw at him because of what he had done. And the father's very quick to run out there and become a shield and throws himself around the son so to say, if you're going to throw stones, you're going to hit me. You're not going to hit him because love always protects. And so he throws himself around the sun, and then they walk arm in arm back to the house, saying, don't you throw stones at him. We're good. 1 Peter 4, 8 says this, above all, up, above all, most important thing you can do is love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. When I talk about love always protects, it doesn't mean that it ignores sin. It doesn't do that. But what happens is it deals with it in the right way, and it always deals with it in love. Because the word protect means to put a roof over, a shelter over, to, uh, to get you out of the storm, to put a cloak around you, to shield you from the cold. Love stands in the way of stones, just like the father did as he wrapped himself around the prodigal. Love does not throw someone under the bus. Love stands with them. Love does not expose someone's weakness or failure needlessly. Love does not get on Facebook and tell everybody in the world what you've done wrong. Just done. Love doesn't get on Facebook and talk about your weaknesses. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't gossip. Love figures out how to bring restoration to your life and to, to minimize the exposure so the healing will be quicker. Now, if someone doesn't want to change their life and doesn't repent, then you deal with it differently and it becomes sometimes a public matter. But most of the time, we make it public needlessly. 
We want to tell everybody about everybody else's weaknesses and hope nobody tells anybody about ours. Love always protects. It covers with words of kindness, words of protection, and sometimes not even saying anything. I had a pastor buddy of mine when I was in Douglasville. We were, we were good friends. And, and he had, on a Sunday, had someone visit his church. And they filled out a visitor's card, requested a visit from the pastor. And they put on the card that they were a member of our church. And so he goes to visit. And he's, he's saying, okay, um, I see that you're a member of, 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 of Arbor Heights. And, and I just got a question. Why are you visiting our church? Because that's a good church, good pastor. And she began to say some things that probably weren't kind about me. Upon which my brother said, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that. I know this man. I, I mean, I really know him. We spend time together. And there's been some kind of misunderstanding. And, and I, I just need to know that I, that I don't agree with that. And he protected me. He protected me. Now, had he not protected me, she'd probably join his church. But because he protected me, she never went back to his church again. You know, I, sometimes love's inconvenient, and it costs. But, but here's the thing. We learn, sometimes you just figure out how to do these things differently. Love always figures a way to protect. I, I don't want you to be beat up needlessly. I don't want you to be suffer without good reason. Let me help get past it. Let's get to restoration. That, that, that young lady that maybe gets pregnant out of wedlock, let's help her bring, have restoration in her life. Punish her. Let's figure out how to restore. That person's struggling with some weakness in their life. Let's help figure out how to rebuild and restore, not just to punish. Now, don't get me wrong. Consequences are consequences. I, I understand all that. But love says, I, I don't want you to hurt. I want you to heal. Isn't that how God treats us? Man, I don't want you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do all I can to bring healing to your life, hope for your life. And so we see this. Uh, the other thing is love will find ways to speak confidence and strength into others, into others, okay? Luke 15, 22. Look what the father does here. But the father said to his servants, quick, hey, we ain't going to wait three months to see if this lasts. We're not going to take a poll and see if we should be kind to him. We're not going to make him suffer. We're going to say, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, man. Get this guy some good clothes. He looks awful and smells bad. Let's get him. He's been in a pig pen. Let's take care of him. Man, his feet are dirty. He need, and they got blisters. Let's get sandals on his feet. Let's do something. And while he's doing this, you know what he's doing? He's speaking encouragement into his son. He's now giving his son confidence that he is loved. And that he is received, that he has value, and that he has worth. And that's what love does. Love says you are important. You are significant to the kingdom of God, to the purpose of God, to my life and to others' lives. Love is certainly not gullible. We don't pretend nothing bad happened. But it gives the benefit of doubt, and it, brings, it makes restoration a priority. He gave him a ring. Now, what's the big deal about the ring? The ring's a big deal. He gives him a ring. In that culture, when a, 
when a dad gave a ring to his son, it's like giving him a credit card and saying, there's no limit, and it's yours. As a matter of fact, it's actually giving your, it's delegating your authority. Basically, the son's kind of in charge. He can have the credit card. He can do what he wants to do, and he can tell people what to do, representing the father. I've had, I have four children, and just the thought of giving them a credit card without a limit is pretty scary. That's what he did. He said, man, I'm giving you carte blanche here. Man, you got, you just, you, you represent me. I mean, the, didn't the guy just take money from the dad and all this kind of stuff? Say, man, put a ring on his finger. He is my son. Isn't that incredible? Uh, in Ephesians 4.29, it says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Isn't that amazing? It's easy to talk people down. It's easy to trash people. It's easy to criticize. I mean, that comes like, that's, na- that's second nature to us. But love says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not do that. I'm going to figure out how to say something that builds you up, that makes you feel blessed by God or loved by God or cared for by God according to need. And it may benefit those who listen because not only am I talking to you when I'm trying to love you, other people are watching how I talk to you and how I talk about you. And if I talk about you bad, they're going to go, ah, that's that love stuff. That's why I ain't going to let church on that because they don't really love anybody. Uh, you see, we, it's important how we talk about people. It's important how you guys talk about people. I know you're young and, and you know, it's all that kind of stuff, but it's important how you talk about people in your school and on your team. That it is. Man, uh, you, you build each other up. You want each other to be better and stronger. You want the church in our church. Sometimes we we got we we build each other up. We talk into each other. It is so important that we do that. He said, "I'm going to give you a ring." And then the third thing is this: love is forever optimistic, believing God changes people and circumstances that touch our lives. In verse twenty-three, bring the fatty calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. You know what he was saying? My son's learned his lesson. We're good. We're good. Man, I, I got hope. I got hope because God's done a work in his life. And he may struggle in the future, but God's going to work in his life. And he may sometimes be brain dead stupid. God's going to work in his life. As we said, I, so we're going to celebrate the fact that God is working in his life, and we're going to celebrate and have a feast that he's now back where he needs to be, and restoration is taking place, and rebuilding is taking place. Because see, what you realize when you have hope in God, you realize no one is beyond God's grace. No one. No one. No I know sometimes we, we, we say, yeah, 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 but we always got that one person with that game, no way. No, no one beyond God's grace. People often come to, and, and you say, and, and hope always is willing to forgive 70 times 7, man, because God's going to do something, and we keep believing that people change. You say, but Pastor, don't people take advantage of you? Ah, sometimes. Yeah, they do. That's, that's, but God always deals with that. He has a way of handling that. 
Sometimes aren't people dishonest with you? Oh, yeah. Yes. But God has a way of handling that. It's a God thing. See, I, I just need to be where and do what God wants to do. And I can't do it without the Holy Spirit helping me to do that. I, I can't make, see, I, if it's up to me, I wouldn't do that. But the Holy Spirit says, man, you need to love that person. You need to forgive that person. You need to, you need to, you need to do this with that person. And, he, and he, he, he's always right. Holy Spirit's never wrong. So I need to act on that prompting and that leading of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit says, back away. You learn and listen. Because sometimes love says, i got to be tough. But he said, look, you go love always. And he's going, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating the fact he's come home. We pray for and cry for people. And, and we, we do these things because here's what I know. We have hope that God's going to save that person we're praying for. You know, I got somebody on my list I've been praying for for 23 years. 23 years. I've prayed for people on my list 10 years, 12 years. I've watched God save a lot of them. But I got one 23 years on my list. One day God's going to save them. I got another one on my list 20 years. And God's going to save them. Maybe the 11th hour. It may be when life's almost to the end for them. or they, Maybe it's, it's, it's something where they realize they're coming to the end of life and they finally, everything that's been planned in their life and prayed for comes together. And they go, man, I, I realize finally what I got to do. And they do it. Jesus said people can come into the kingdom in the 11th hour. Now, we think that isn't fair sometimes. Like the guys were saying, well, that ain't fair. They get the same thing we get, and we came in the morning. I said, don't matter. I've seen the grace of God show up in a hospital room when people were told they had cancer and life was going to be short. And I've watched God do something so amazing in a hospital room when I begin to talk to them about it, are they ready? And they say, no, I'm not. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God shows up and they, they say, I just trust Christ. Eleventh hour. <laughs> That's hope. Love says, I'm going to believe God knows where you live, even if I don't. Love refuses to give up on others no matter the battle that is faced, or the brokenness felt. Luke 15, 24. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, he said, guys, look. I never gave up. Always believe, always hope. And now we're going to enjoy and, and, and because doesn't matter how tough the battle is or how great the brokenness. The word picture, when it talks about persevere in the Greek language, is a guy under a load. He's carrying this heavy load, and it says he remains under the load. That's what it means to persevere. He's got to go from here to there, from point A to point B, and he has to carry this load and sometimes he wants to set it aside, and sometimes he wants to throw it off. But because of love, he will not do that. He remains under it. Sometimes we remain under the load with people. It's a burden they have to carry. It's something that they've happened in their life, and we just stand with them and carry it with them. And sometimes it gets it's inconvenient, and sometimes it's costly, and sometimes we're tired. But we remain 
under cloud. Because love always perseveres. It doesn't have a timeout. It doesn't have a checkout date. It says, no, I'll stay under the load. Maybe you walk through the valley with someone in your life or your family. But you remain under the load. And you endure the distance and resistance. Jesus loved us. How do we know that? Because Hebrews says he endured the cross where he carried the load of sin, shame, guilt, and everything you could ever do wrong, everything that everybody has ever done wrong, he carried it all the way to the cross where he died, enduring the shame for the joy that was set before him. He carried the load. See, actually, again, Paul's got it right. Corinthians is about God's love and how I can love like he loves because he loved me. We sang it earlier. Never let go. God never let go. Jesus doesn't let go. Through the calm and through the storm, he doesn't let go. Through the highs and through the lows, he doesn't let go. Distance or resistance. People can resist, and sometimes you can't do anything about that. They can resist your love, and, and therefore there's, there's a break in the communication and relationship. And you can't do anything about that. But there comes a moment you hope they're going to return. They're going to respond, and they're going to receive. And that's what you live for and pray for. And you endure the load. Because Jesus said, I promise to not let you carry that load by yourself. If you love. We can re certainly we reason with people and we teach people and sometimes we confront people, but above all, we love always. 